the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 119 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for some taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself on Twitter at Baseball at Justin Hughes365. And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. If you haven't done so, join our Facebook group, Baseball365. Over there, we just crossed over 2,700 members talking about baseball every day. And the best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes, taking a few moments to leave us a five-star rating, writing a nice review for us. It's a good way to help us get our name out there, and we would be very appreciative. And as always, all these plugs can be found in the show notes. In this episode, Andrew and I are each going to give you five players that we have changed our minds the most about. Some of the guys will be moving up, and other, some are fallers, but... You know, early on in the season, sometimes you see things that are different than what you've seen before, and you, um, you know, get a different feeling on them, and that's what we're going to be talking about. All right, let's get Andrew on, and I, I, we always start with a question of the day, and this one's going to be a little bit of a, um, me talking for a bit here. Um, it involves two stories this week. Uh, early this week... The White Sox were destroying the Twins, and the Twins had Williams Ostadio pitching in what was essentially garbage time. And with two on and a 3-0 count, Yerman Mercedes hit a three-run home run. Coach Tony LaRussa, Andrew and my favorite coach and manager in baseball, said Yerman shouldn't have swung, and the next night when the Twins threw behind Mercedes, Tony said he had no issue with it. Meanwhile, the Rays yesterday on Friday traded away Willie Adamas to the Brewers, which opened up a hole at shortstop for them. Taylor Walls, a very deserving candidate, was called up to be the starting shortstop for now. Walls is a good prospect who was performing, but he was called up first because the Rays are clearly holding Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan down until after the Super 2 in June, despite Brujan giving the Rays every reason to bring him up right now. And Wander is the number one prospect on most baseball writers' lists. So I say all that now to get to my question, Andrew. Who sucks worse, Tony La Russa or the Tampa Bay Rays? And I want you to think about this carefully because there's only one correct answer here. Well, um, the Rays affect fantasy baseball more. So maybe I should say them, but my answer is Tony Larusa. That is a good answer, but it is incorrect. The answer is both. <laughs> they both, both suck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, geez. We've done our Tony Larusa rant, so I'm just going to move past that and go into the race. I mean, you know, good Taylor Walls deserves a shot and good for him. This is really nothing against him. He is going to be a very good player for that team I, I think there's a good shot he's going to be very useful for them for a while and I understand Major League Baseball teams doing the whole service time games with that seventh year I mean to hold them down for two weeks and gain a seventh year I would do it too if I was in their position but man keeping guys like Brujan and, and Fr Franco down whenever you're a competitive team it, it just it feels wrong to me 
especially especially when you trade Adamas, kind of. Yes. Kind of like the signal there, but um, yeah, I mean it's it's par for the course with the Rays. Like everybody seems to love them. I don't get it. I mean, I'm not saying that what they do isn't smart. It, you know, it is. I mean, they're they're well run, and I. Not gonna argue with a lot of that stuff. I get, I get it. Like I get um, why they're successful and all of that for the most part. But I just—it doesn't mean I have to like it, you know. And I just don't like it. I don't know. It's just not fun, and it drives us nuts. And not that they're supposed to care about us, you know. But um, yeah, I just, just how I feel about the race. You know, I used to really appreciate what they did, and the more the older I've gotten, the more I've learned to despise it. I mean, they they platoon all these guys, and that probably, you know, they're doing it. And I I heard this, I think, on Prospects Live podcast or something like that in the last month, but I think it was Matt Thompson or one of those guys was saying, you know, they think that they do that to keep all these guys' arbitration prices down. And the more I've thought about it, I'm like, you know, I think there's something to that. And between that and you know, I I have understood others, Super Two guys that are not superstars on and out there. Whenever they get held down till June, it's like okay, these guys could be good, but I understand they probably could use a little more seasoning. But man, this this one just irritates me more. I don't know if it's as the more prospect heavy I've gotten over the last few years or what, but it really irritates me. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm with you. I've run out of things to say with the Rays, so I just kind of feel like I've. It's just tough. Yes, I um I remember the whenever I used to work in fast food in high school, and whenever closing time would happen and we'd turn the lights off, there was this old couple that would come by and they went through every drive-through in town every single night and picked up the change that fell outside the drive-through window. The razor that the razor that couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's a good analogy. <laughs> All right. Well, we spent a lot of time last week talking about Jared Kelnick and that call up, and we got some early performance here of a little over a week. Uh, hitting two thirty one with a two ninety three OBP, three twenty three slug OPS of five fifty eight. Not a strong start. I think he has one homer and one steal so far. This is all going into tonight. Anything to be alarmed of here? No, I, I, I there's just there's not enough yet to really um, pay too much attention to it. I don't think. Obviously, little little bit of a slow start, but I mean, it's such a small sample that it's whatever. I agree with you. I will add that he has a 12% hard contact rate so far, so he's not hitting the ball hard yet. But, yeah, it's a week. He's getting adjusted here. He's going to be fine. Don't panic if you've got him, especially because most people that drafted him paid a pretty good price. He was going in the 100s in most drafts. Maybe in some home leagues he fell later, a lot later. But, yeah, I would even in 10, 12-team leagues, I would not recommend releasing him. Like, would you... In a ten-team, twelve-team league, would you be? You think you'd be holding on to him still? Yes. Yes. Okay. I agree. Yeah. I, talk to me in a month with him. Like I just, you got to give it a little bit of time. Yep. Now the other guy on that episode we talked about was Logan Gilbert, and that one has not gone well either. But honestly, I feel different with this one, and I've I've thought about this a lot in the last week. You know, we both pumped up 
Gilbert, and I asked you, like, would this be the biggest fab guy of the year? And I think we both agreed yes. But it's not been pretty. Nine ERA, six innings and two starts. Um, not been good across, really for him. And I've I, it got me to start thinking about the last couple of years and how many prospect pitchers have come up and actually dominated right from the first start. And I could only really think of one. Maybe some others pop in your mind. But Chris Paddock was the only one that really came to mind for me. Yeah, like, hitting you here off on the spot, is there any others you can actually think of right off? You mean like in just in the last couple of years? Or? Yes. Uh, no, I mean, not right off the top of my head. I could maybe think of one if I thought about it for a bit, but no, not really. I'm starting to I wonder. Think- Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I think with um with Gilbert, you know, it's like one of those things that I feel like the process is right still. I mean, obviously slow start. It's been it's been two starts, you know. It's I think that, you know, you take your shots on guys like this, sometimes you're gonna hit it hit, sometimes you're gonna miss. Um I you know a few more struggles, like a few more tough starts and Maybe they send him back down. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think this is like a long leash thing like Kellenick's going to get. Um, but I don't know for sure. You know, I mean, I'm not, I don't think he's like a guy that I would definitely start all the time or definitely sit. I'd still try and hang on to him for now because, you know, sometimes with guys this talented, it can just click and they can go on a run. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel like it was ever, oh, this is just going to be seamless and he's going to be awesome permanently. You know, it, I'm not that shocked that he started off kind of slow. But, yeah, I mean, at the same time, it is, it's a little disappointing, especially that home Tigers start. I, th- I really thought he was going to bounce back after that first one. You know, you get those first game jitters out of the way and, yeah, he got roughed up again. So, I mean, just I'd keep an eye on it and – you know, maybe sit him or whatever, but I'd, I'd try and hang on to him for while he's at least in the rotation. I mean, if he gets bumped or sent back down, then maybe you move on. But Yeah, um, it just depends on league format. I think there are a lot of leagues where you could release him. I wouldn't hold on in a 10 or 12 team league at this point even. I just, I wouldn't. Maybe a 12 is maybe borderline, but I still think I would not. Um I'll hold on to him in the auction league where I drafted him for a few more starts like you're suggesting. I think that is the right plan, but I'm not going to – it's not going to be long with them. And I actually did just think of two other pitchers, uh, Ian Anderson and Mike Soroka, both of the Braves. Both had strong – have had strong games. But I feel like more – or the success rate of the big-name prospect pitchers the last few years has not been good in the early going. 6-0-2. Yep, I mean, there's was, another one. He was good, yeah. I just I and maybe this is going against my argument, but I just keep I'm thinking of these other guys who have been close to debuting and either like Mackenzie Gore. I'm just gonna flip over to him. Mackenzie Gore. Would you be holding on to him in like a fifteen team redraft league at this point? Uh, I, I have haven't, him. I haven't read news on him in the last few days but um he wasn't great in his last start if i recall 
It would depend a little bit on if I had other stashes and who those guys were. You know, like if I didn't have – if I had no other stashes on my team, possibly. But I could see dropping him too, yeah. I will add he's in – He's in. I, I'm pretty certain the Padres are in the PCL. But so far in the early going, he has 13 and two-thirds innings amongst three starts. Uh, 11 earned runs, five walks, 12 strikeouts, 7-2-4 ERA, 1-7-6 whip. Not good so far. I just, yeah. I, I'm at the point where I don't think I want to waste the roster spot any longer because I'm just, I mean, between that and seeing so many pitchers come up, I just and struggle. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to hold on to much longer. Well, the other thing is too is not only that, but he also has to probably have a string of a few good starts in the yep. minors before he's even coming up. So, you know, as he struggles, it just kind of pushes back that, um, that window of, you know, when you would hope he would get called up or whatever. So yeah, I could, I could definitely see dropping him. Yeah. You know, if an injury happens right now, they're not just going to call up McKenzie Gore to fill a hole that that's not what you do with your stars. You wait until you're ready to bring him up for good. Unless it's, right. I mean, if it's one spot start and they're pitching well, oh, I get it. But if someone like McKenzie Gore is struggling, they're going to wait till he's right before they put him up for any sort of start. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Trout's out six to eight weeks. That just sucks. What do you do? <laughs> is what I mean. I I don't know what you really do with that in terms of redraft leagues. It sucks. You're just going to have to make do and try to find some guys, but. Just a bummer. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, there's really nothing you do. I mean, you put in a worse outfielder and hope for the best because that's just, you know, that's what everybody's doing. So, yeah, yeah it sucks. I mean, hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's back quick. We're both snake bit in one league with this. You've got a redraft share. I got a dynasty share. And, yeah, we're, it's a kick for everyone. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun taking Mike Trout out and putting in – your sixth outfielder. <laughs> like, that's that's not something that uh, is fun about about this game we play. So. No, in our dynasty league, I'm I've got Trout, and this you know we do Monday and Friday lineup setting for the weekend, and I've got J- I've got Starling Marte on the injured list and J D Davis on the injured list, and my next so. That that basically I have six that was my Starlin Marte was a starter, so I've got already one guy plugged in there. And JD Davis would have been the next guy up, and I think he's gonna be up or back early next week. But because of that, in my lineup this weekend is Tim LaCastro, who Yeah, you just don't wanna have to put Tim LaCastro in there for Mike Trout. Yeah. Right. Praying J D Davis is back early next week. But yeah, it's it sucks. Okay, um, let's move on to the meat and potatoes of this episode, and that is the players we've changed our mind on. We got five each. I think I've got, if I recall right, three up and two down. But basically, we're just going to be talking about guys who maybe we had a different view on going into the season. And you mentioned this was real hard for you. I thought I'd just cue to you and let you touch on that. Yeah, I kind of want to start by saying that, uh, and I've, I've probably mentioned this multiple times, but um, I tend to be more patient 
give give guys more rope, especially if it's a guy that I believe in or uh, somebody that I have like a strong opinion about. So when I was kind of doing this, it was a little tough for me to come up with guys because, uh, you know, you do your research through the off season and you feel good about it. And, you know, we're, we're getting to the point now where I wouldn't say it's early, early. I mean, it's definitely time to, you know, there's enough data to evaluate stuff and look harder at things than we were a few weeks ago. But, um, it's still kind of one of those things where it's like really changed my mind on a guy in like a month and a half. Like that's, I mean, I, I can do it, but it's just, um, they weren't jumping off the page at me, put it that way. Yeah, I, of mine, I came up with a few, and there had to be some digging on others. But I definitely, I think it was easier for me than you from what I, from talking to you about this. I'm curious to know if we have any overlap here. I, I would guess we won't, but we'll see. So, um, do you? Yeah, want to... I've tried. I tried to. I've kind of tried to put guys in here that we haven't talked about a lot. Same. Well, um, I, I say that, I guess. But, yeah, we don't know each other's, so <laughs> this might be uh, might be interesting to see if we have any overlap. I don't know. I, uh, I didn't rank mine. I just picked five, and if by any chance you pick one of my five, I'm just going to say that's mine, too, and we'll just both talk about them here. Yeah. All right. Start us off here. Who was your first one you picked? Uh, So my first one is on my cubbies and that is Chris Bryant. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just playing really well. I mean, walks are up, K's are down from last year. Um, he's one of seven players in baseball with a thousand OPS. And, um, yeah, I got him in, I, I have him in one league. I wasn't targeting him like at all this off season. I just been, you know, I've always kind of felt like with Bryant, he's basically declined slowly, 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 like from the first couple of years. And I've kind of always said that it's just, that's kind of the way that he's trended. You know, it, obviously when he was first up and the Cubs were winning, he was one of the hottest assets around. I mean, I want to say that he even went like, number two or three in a dynasty startup I was in. I mean, he's, yes, he was that right. Was ours. Right Masters there at the top. Too, he went third. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. Certain. Right there at the top of drafts, you know, and he's just slid since, I mean, not that you can really go up, but he wasn't really even able to maintain that for too long. And this year, I mean, it was, I, the, the league that I drafted him this year, I got him in the 12th round. And I mean, most leagues, he didn't last quite that long, but I mean, everything, everything looks good. I mean, the hard, uh, the hard hit data is good. Um, X slug 86 percentile barrel, barrel percentage, 94th percentile It's dual eligible, which is handy. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just playing really well. And I mean, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily think that he's going to keep up this thousand OPS and continue to, you know, and I'll say that with several of these guys like that I have on my list, like I don't necessarily expect it all to continue to trend the way it has, but 
I've changed my mind on him a bit. I mean, I think that if we were drafting today, I'd be more likely to target him or, uh, or if, if not that willing to take him higher than I would have in March. So yeah, Chris Bryant's my first one. Yeah. When you look at what he's pacing, he's pacing for that MVP type season with what he did. And I'm not saying he's going to do that the rest of the way, but 10 home runs and two steals with 32 runs and 28 RBI. I mean, that pace is for pretty close to what he's done, what he did in 2016. So he's having a MVP caliber first quarter here. He yeah. 39 home runs, eight steals, 120 runs and uh, 121 runs and 102 RBI. So yeah, definitely a great start. I think I've always liked Bryant a little more than you the last few years, but I didn't get any shares this offseason, and it, well, I, I was kind of in between on him this offseason. I could have seen him bouncing back or continuing. So good for him. Yeah, another another good reason, I guess, to, to wait on corner infield. You know, there's just so many guys we kind of mentioned late. And not that I was really targeting him, but he um, he's just another another guy that you could have waited on and got. So. Actually, I think I did get one share now that I think about it. I, I bet if I went through, I look, I, I've got one share. Uh, my guy is one I had zero shares of this offseason outside of one dynasty league. That was daily. And I was on quoting here saying I wanted no shares of no nothing to do with this guy in, in weekly leagues. And that was Shohei Otani. Uh, before the year, I said I wasn't interested. In weekly leagues, I thought he was going to hit three to four times a week. And because of that, I didn't want him. And that has changed. Uh, Joe Madden has not only been hitting Otani the day before and after the starts, but he's hitting in games where he's even pitching. And the full-time hitter has been a monster. 261 batting average, tied for the league lead in 14 home runs, 32 runs, 33 RBI, and 41 games played. Oh, and he's also chipped in eight, six steals. Uh, he's one of the best fantasy hitters in the league so far, and he also pitches. Uh, five starts, he has a 2-3 two, two, ERA and 13 strikeouts per nine. Uh, the pitching, it ha- this really has nothing to do with the pitching. It has to do with the fact that he's hitting as much as he is, and he's hitting well. I just I'm, That has changed my mind because I thought he would be maddening, and I still think he would be maddening to own even if he was only starting three or four times. He'd be productive right now, but he's playing out of his mind. Um, on the pitching side, I I do feel like I got to bring up his last start. His velocity was down, uh, I think almost five miles an hour or something like that from where he's been. It was it wasn't good in the early going. He was touching eighty eight to ninety. He did dial up to ninety five there in the last inning pitching, but. People are worried right now about that. Madden says he just wasn't feeling his fastball that night. That was Thursday night, and I did read today that he's scheduled to start next Friday. So, yes, they've got him slated to start. It's eight days later, which they've done this with him. They've not pitched him every five days, hardly at all through this season so far. But, Andrew, where does Otani go in redraft leagues the rest of the year if we were redrafting? drafting today do you have any guesses on where that would be um one thing i just want to say he was not on my list but i definitely agree with you like he's how could you not 
have changed your mind on this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, how could you not have? It it was almost so obvious. I think that's why I didn't want to pick it. And you had actually mentioned that he was on yours. But um, it's unbelievable. This guy is Superman. It's just crazy. No words, really. I mean, like nobody's ever done this. So it's like uncharted waters we're at, I guess, with him. Um, you talking weekly? Yes, starting off weekly. I do want to ask daily, but I'll get, uh, do weekly. Weekly, first. I think he goes in like round three. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking three or four. So yeah, I was I'm, gonna say maybe even round two, but I'd say round three probably. You because I think I think that if you know, if you just remove the pitching, yep. just completely remove it, take it out, like forget about it, just pretend that he doesn't even pitch. His bat is, I mean, like Marcelo Zuna was going in round three, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he can do every bit of what Marcelo Zuna can do, you know, and maybe even and then some, you know, I mean, like obviously he's having a better year this year. I'm just saying in general, if you just, think about what you would project so yeah i i don't know i i think it would be somewhere in there though yeah and then obviously you you add the the pitching in it's tricky and weekly because you know if you're only picking one or the other but uh i mean right now don't you just you just leave him in it as a hitter i mean it's yes for what sure. he's doing offensively is he's he's basically been the best hitter in the league or close to it, you know, like right there. So it's, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Like I can't even believe what we're seeing with this guy. Really? I can't. I remember your, um, somebody, Ian Kahn, who writes for, I got, he's for with the athletic now. And I remember him talking a couple of years ago about his bat. And I think he, you, you might remember this better than me, but I think he talked about that bat being like a, 30 20 40 30 type bat like in terms of runs and steals i can't remember i don't want to exactly. put words yeah i don't want to put words in his mouth i don't know but um i've i've heard a lot of things with otani that you know it kind of make your eyes pop out of your head but i mean he's kind of doing it now yes. too so it's yeah wild it'd be wild if he finished the year with 30 or 40 home runs and 15 to 20 steals and still pitching, which yeah. gets me to the daily league question. And I know you don't play any daily leagues, but would you take him one one if you were in a daily league? If you if you were drafting rest of season right now, is there anybody you wouldn't trade? Man, I. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that, but uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, I I don't think it's crazy. The, you know, it's weirder to ask this question right now than four days ago, because I do, I am, I do have my eyebrows raised about that start the other night. I watched, I would probably actually, no, my answer is no, I wouldn't take him one, one, but I would take him in the first round. Definitely. And, um, yeah, no, like I would rather have Ronald Acuna personally, but I get it. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he went one, one, you know? Yeah. Okay. Who's your number two? 
So my number two is John Means for the Orioles. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be totally honest. Coming into this year, I didn't even consider this guy. Didn't even think about him. Just probably too dismissive of Oriole pitchers and AL East and all that. And, um, yeah, he's been great. 321 expected ERA. He's 4-0 and with a 170 ERA overall with K per inning, 0.75 whip. And his whiff rate on his changeup has gone from 23% last year to 40% this year, Gee. which is just mind-boggling. Um, he has had some good matchups that he's obviously taken advantage of, but I don't know. Like This, to me, is one of those guys that um, people got pretty cheap, and he's pitching like an ace. And I don't expect him to be that rest of season, but even if he's an SP2 or an SP3 or even an SP4, really, I mean, that's valuable. And I don't see any reason why he can't be an SP3, SP4, um, with room for more, obviously, because he's pitching better than that. So, yeah, he's just one of those guys that um, I've been noticing. Obviously, he had the no-hitter. And, um, yeah, I just don't feel like that right now, at least there's matchups where it's like, I'm scared of that, or I'm afraid of that because he's just been so good. So I think you just roll him out there all the time, pretty much until further notice. And yeah, I definitely have changed my mind on him. So he had an ADP at 222 going into the season. So let's play a him or him game, and I want to see how high you kind of where what kind of range you have him at. I'm going to just start moving up this list. Uh, him or Jamison Tyon with the Yankees? Hmm. I think I would go means. I agree. Uh, moving up. Um, let's see if I can find another good one. Uh, Frankie Montas. Oh, I kind of like Montas, but he's been kind of rough. Um, I think means, but it, it's getting closer there. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's see if I can come up with one more here. And these are guys that are were drafted basically as like SP fours, roughly. Yeah, like three fours, maybe like low end three, high end fours. So yeah, I've basically moved you up about 50, 70 slots here in an eighty. Yeah, basically is yeah. what you're saying. So yeah, good pick here. Um, I'll move on to my next one and I kind of cheated and put two together here because uh, I feel like I had the same feelings on both going into the season and these are two big names, Tyler Glasnow and Corbin Burns. Uh, this is mostly for redraft opinions, but um, Glasnow I think maybe even a little more than that. Both had innings questions. Um, could Gla- Can Glasnow get the innings and be consistent? 
was him and how many innings can Corbin Burns get. Uh, Starting with Glass now, last year he was basically a two-pitch pitcher. Fastball and curve made up for 95% of his pitches, and that was part of why he was so inconsistent because if you don't have one of your pitches working for you as a starting pitcher, you're cooked when you're only a two-pitch pitcher. And this year he's added the slider and is actually throwing it more than the curve so far, and he's been amazing so far. Uh, 57 innings, he's been an ace with a 2.9 ERA, and that's after getting hit but yesterday by the Blue Jays. No shame in that, right? Because I think there's this guy on that team that's really good. <laughs> what? Uh, second generation. Biggio. Yeah. No, not Biggio. Oh, yeah, Vladdy. Um, 87 strikeouts. Yeah, he's, he's all right. <laughs> Glassnow's going deep into games, averaging over six innings to start. That that actually says something given it's the Rays. They do not like they'll, – they'll yank guys out quick, but they're not doing that with him. The question about how many innings he gets to is still a legit question. The most innings he's thrown in pro ball was 155 in the minors in 2017. I highly doubt we see him throwing 180 plus for the Rays this year, but I do think he could be getting there next year. And then there's Burns. His performance last year was incredible, but the question on him was mostly innings. Most didn't or don't project him to get much over 160 innings this year as his career high was also in 2017 with 145 innings pitched. But with Burns, it doesn't matter. He broke the Major League Baseball record for consecutive strikeouts without a walk, which has already been broke by Garrett Cole. But he's been pretty much unhittable, over 15 strikeouts per nine, hardly walking anybody. Even if this guy only throws 160 innings this year, I wouldn't care. He's going to strike out enough guys, probably over 200, and have strong enough ratios to have made it worth it. So I put them two together, and I wanted to ask, like, I wanted to ask a dynasty question for you. Between those two, who would you rather have? Oh man, both. They are. They. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's definitely um, definitely a good answer. Um, I think. Glass now, but it's not. But I mean, it's they're they're literally the same to me. Like mm. they're the same. Yeah. I I just don't. I don't really have any. I tell you what, if you took if you were on the wheel of a draft and you went hitter hitter, and at three four, you took Glass now and Burns, you're doing pretty good. Oh man. I mean, I get. I guess depending on who the hitters, if you took Cody Bellinger, I guess, and Lindor or something, you're no. you're obviously not. But if you took the right hitters, you know, there and then um, backed them up with those two, man, like those guys are just so good. God, they're so good. They're they're electric. They're both incredible. Yeah, and I I've been saying about Burns and. I don't know how many pitchers in baseball I would want over him if I need one start, one dominant start, but it's not a big list. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're very similar, so it was good to good to group them together. Okay, who's your number 3? So my next one, I'm going to go negative on for a minute and um, you know, this isn't a like I said, it's not a major freakout thing, um, but I'm just a little bit concerned, and uh, that's Josh Bell. 
Oh, I was yeah. kind of kind of high on coming into the year. Um, you know, and it's really not so much about it's not just this year, you know, like last year he had a rough year. Um, and then, you know, obviously what I'm, what I was hoping for is that it was a little bit of an anomaly. He bounces back to, um, previous, you know, in 2019 when he had the good year and he just isn't really doing it. And it's like more of the same and it's even gotten, it's even gotten worse. I mean, his K rate, 2018, 17.8%. 2019, 19.2%. Last year jumps all the way to 26.5%. Obviously shorter season. So you think, oh, maybe that's a fluke or, you know, small sample, whatever. And then, bam, this year it's up to 27.4%. So up every year. Walk rate has dropped from 13 to 12 to 9 to 7% four straight years now. Um, and granted last year was somewhat of a small sample and this year, obviously is it's 125 plate appearances, but for a guy that you're hoping is going to bounce back, you're definitely hoping for better than 193, 256, 377 slash through, uh, the first quarter of the season. So yeah, I just, I mean, I still feel like, you know, where you drafted him round 10-ish, round 11, um, I've got a few shares, I think two or three shares maybe. And I don't feel, you know, there's still time for him to correct it and be fine. And, you know, he's hitting, he's still hitting behind Trey and Soto and that's going to help run production, you would hope, and et cetera, et cetera. But the sample of him struggling here is it's growing and you know, two fifty six on base. I mean, it's just, it's, um, I, I, I feel like with him, I need to see it here pretty soon. Like I need to see a hot streak, him getting going something because as these days, weeks pass, the sample of, the struggles is just, like I said, it's just growing. When you combine it with last year, you know, like if you combined his last year and this year, you're looking at roughly 90 games, and it's been really ugly, really ugly. So, yeah, just need, um, just kind of need to see it here pretty quick, I think, with Josh Bell. I agree with everything you said, and I think my level of panic is kind of like about yours. I don't have them on my list, but that's a good one. Um, and I want to add something to it. You're mentioning last last year and this year being a sample of a season and that 2019 being a really good year, but it was only half of 2019 too. I've got his, right. I've got his splits here um, from that season. In the first half of 2019, he hit 302 with 27 home runs. And in the second half, he dipped down to 233 and 10 home runs in 55 games. So yeah. really, this I mean, when you add those 55 games in, you have a full season of production now. And only really throughout his career, he's only had one 88-game first-half stretch of elite production. So, yeah, I, th- I, 
I agree there's still time, and I, I have a share, at least one, maybe two, and I think I got a Dynasty and a redraft share. And it's just, I mean, I think there's still time for him to turn it around. I And I, I yeah, feel like he's there is. Punched, in, punched a few home runs lately. I don't know if it's as many as I'm feeling like, but I feel like he's, he's got, been, he's got five for the season. Um, and a couple of those, a couple of those have been recent. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think, I do think he can turn it around. Like, I still feel like that he can, but, um, it's just, it's just been rough for a while. So, yes. uh, I feel like we need to see it pretty quick. Okay. Well, we'll move on to my guy, and this one will make you happy because I know you've got a lot of shares, and I was not in on this guy going into the season at all, and that is Madison Bumgarner. Uh, going Boom! In, yeah, there you go. <laughs> We've got a bet, and I I've, I've, don't think I'm winning that one. I, I should, Well, I might not look as ugly yet. Let me get to that. Going into the year, I thought he was cooked. Uh, before this, Before 2021, or before last year, he was a 91-mile-an-hour fastball guy, and last year it fell apart. His average fastball velocity was all the way down to 88 miles per hour, and opposing hitters were having batting practice against him last year. Uh, the velocity is back up this year, though. Uh, it's right back to that 91-mile-per-hour mark, and while his ERA going into this weekend was currently over 4, and it's now even worse after a start in Colorado. I think it's 4-5. His expected ERA going into that start was a very respectable 3.42. I, I think this guy makes a sense as a really good one to check in on and see if you can buy low on him. He, I mean, he does have a tough situation where in his division he has basically two teams that are very tough outs whether you're home or away in the Rockies or Dodgers and you got the Colorado or I'm sorry the um, Dodgers or Padres and then you got the Rockies who you don't want to face in Colorado so that makes him more of a streaming option but I think he's a nice one to plug in on those other starts because I think you can get some good matchups as long as you pick your pick your spots well so Madison Bumgarner I've changed my mind on and I don't think he's done. I think he may have some tough matchups, but he has some use. Yeah, yeah. The main the main thing with Bumgarner for me the entire time in the offseason was his price combined with the volume that I expected. Like where he was going, I mean, I, I think I got him in like rounds 25 to 28, somewhere in there, 23 to 28. And it's just when you're in that stage of the draft and you literally have a guy that could lead the league in innings pitched or be, you know, in that range, you know, he's just one of those guys. He's going to pitch every fifth day. And like you hope that the ratios cooperate. Obviously, last year it was ugly, but before last year, the last full season of Major League Baseball, it was good. And I mean, really good. He was really productive. I want to say he was a top 30 starter and you just weren't drafting him anywhere even close to that. So that was really what it was for me. It's like, you know, even if it's mediocre volume where you're taking him, I mean, it's not really going to hurt you that bad. I didn't feel like so. Yeah. Good. to Good to hear you say that. Um, who? Do, do you remember who the other guy was in that bet? 
No, I don't. I'm looking it up to confirm it, but I'm pretty certain. Was it, it who? Like one ver- versus one? Yes. Like better, better season? I'm trying to find it. Where is it? I thought that was late in the season. Hopefully, I... hopefully it wasn't John Beans. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I may have to. I don't see it written down here, but I'm almost certain it was Garrett Richards. I tried doing Adam oh, Wainwright. Okay. And you're like, no, I like Wainwright too. So then I was like, okay, well, we'll yeah. how about Garrett Richards? Because like Wainwright, Richards. I tell you, Wainwright's splits have been his whole. I feel like with Wainwright, I was thinking about this the other day, not to get too far off, but off topic. But at home, pitch him every time. On the road, you don't want any part of him. That's exactly That's exa- what he was in 2019 too. He and I looked at his splits the other day, and it it pretty much lined up. At least so far, obviously it's only a month and a half, but he's been really good at home and terrible on the road. Yep. So. Okay. Who's your number four? So it's funny that you just said Madison Baumgartner. Who is the player? This is my number one, by the way, the guy I've changed my mind the most on. Who is the player that you think of the most when you think of Madison Baumgartner? Um, who's the player? I I mean, like another player that you would like pair rem- with reminds me of him. Yes. Okay, so I'm thinking like veteran. I Clayton talk, we Kershaw. Talked, no, not a pitcher. Okay. A giant. Oh, a giant. Buster Posey. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Buster Posey. He's. I just thought it was funny because you just said Madison Baumgartner. I'm like, yeah. this is gonna tie right in. So. <laughs> the guy who's catching him. For, yeah, ca- yeah, caught him for years. Yeah, Buster Posey's probably. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit, but he's probably my number one. Uh, and you know, a lot of it has to do with the position too. Um, obviously, catcher, pretty much a wasteland. Uh, he's hitting three fifty. His slash line three fifty five, four thirty, six forty five on the season with a one thousand seventy five OPS. Um, back up to a double digit walk rate after it dipped last year. Giants are winning, and his hard hit rates are higher than they've been the last few years. Um, coming into this season, he was the fourteenth catcher off the board in NFBC and I had zero shares of him as the 14th catcher off the board. And right now he is the number three, I think it is, um, catcher on the Fantrax player Raider. And it's just kind of, you know, it's one of those things with him right now, like catcher's so bad, and I just feel like he is going to help. I mean, I, most of the leagues that I play in are fifteen team two catchers, so your baseline is the thirtieth catcher. And when you think of it in that context, I mean, even if he ends the year as the eighth best catcher or the tenth best catcher, or even the twelfth best catcher, you know, it's it's just really valuable and he's just off to such a good start. Um, and that eligibility is huge because it's just, it's just a rough position. So I like Posey traded for him in RM two already. And, um, I mean, lost Arno in that, in that league. So just felt like good fill in. And I feel like he's one of those guys that you can get for 
relatively cheap in like a dynasty league if you just want to upgrade your catcher slot i mean go get them if if you have like a wasteland catcher you know garbage catcher whatever you want to call it um i feel like you can get them pretty cheap still especially if it's if it's like a team that's not competing or something like that and you know they may give him away for just a mediocre low-end prospect you know and you could argue that's all he's worth but the immediate help I just feel like is is a lot there so and could continue to be a lot the Giants offense has been above average when runs scored I want to say they're like 12th in the league so yeah I just kind of like the way that things are trending Giants are playing really well and I don't know how long that'll continue you know but they've at least got enough of a cushion here where they're probably good for a while I mean at least where they're going to be in the hunt and competing you know so um, yeah, I just, I just like kind of the way things are po- pointing for, uh, Posey right now. Yeah. The, I, the, the, them winning is definitely a really good thing because I think there's a good chance that he could have been a part-time player in the second half of this year if they weren't winning. And the fact that they're hanging in there and playing well right now, I mean, I think they're going to hang in there pretty well into the season, which means, um, geez, I'm still blanking on that. Pro- I, we were talking Joey, about this, Joey, Bart. J- Joey Bart. Yeah. I don't. I don't see him coming up and being a regular player for this team this year unless it just absolutely falls apart for Posey and the Giants. Yeah. Just don't see it. So, yeah, I like that one. I, I was looking it up while you were talking. So I'm like, I think I got one share of him. And I went and looked, and I got him in the our um, Kings uh, Draft and Hold League. That's the leagues that we set up on Baseball 365, and we have a, quite a few people playing with us. Uh, us and Kando are of the three admins for baseball 365 and our good buddy Tim McLeod. My two catchers in that league are Buster Posey. I should say two of my three are Buster Posey and um, Mike Zunino. Oh, jeez, He's <laughs> got, been great too. I, yeah. I've got him everywhere. Just Yeah, he's he's been good. He was one really? of those that was still out there in like the 35th roundy. And I'm like, this guy looks yep. like he's going to be a starter. I'll, grab him just for the at-bats if anything else and yeah what a start he's had yeah Posey's um got a lot of red you know pink and red on his baseball savant page too which is always good to see it I just and I just I feel like with um with some of these guys too like especially you know with I think of it a lot at catcher but it's like there's so many bad catchers that, you know, if you go down, just say, you know, from one to 30, just say you just went down the list in whatever order, whether you want to rank them by how they've played this year or how you would draft them or however you would want to rank them way before you get to 30, it gets really ugly, like way before. And a lot of that is because, the guys are such trash that they're like splitting time and not getting all the at bats and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's just, there's a bunch of reasons, but that's a big part of it. And when you have a guy and like this, this was always my argument with Yachty or Molina too. This is why I liked him kind of in that range. It's like, I know that he's getting the at bats and I feel that way about Posey too. You know, like I don't think that he's losing playing time and he's playing really well and there's just so many guys at that position 
that you can't say that about. Yep. I agree. I, I, I had a little more concern about the possible ability of a second half loss in playing time, but I thought that still would be the end of the year and the giants. Well, we expect, we expected the giants to be bad, you know? (laughs) So that's kind of what's um, helped flip it too, I guess. Yep. All right. My number four here is a big name disappointment who I am starting to be concerned about. And that's Francisco Lindor, uh, 1880 B. I wasn't even what I would say the high man on Frankie before the season, but I did get him late in the second round in one league this year. And I felt like I got a bargain and a quarter away into the season. It has not been the bargain I hoped for 194 batting average, three home runs, three steals, 19 runs scored, and 9 RBI in 38 games played. He's not still doesn't strike out much, but he just hasn't been hitting with as much authority. Uh, and this goes beyond this year. Before 2020, he had hard, hard hit rates above 40% for the previous two seasons in 2018 and 2019. And then last year, that number fell to 30%, while the medium contact went from the low 40s to 59%. Shortened season, okay, but this year it's worse. Hard hit rate's still 30%, which is good. The soft contact has jumped to 20%, and the hard hit is, or in the medium, is at 50 I gotta say, I'm a little worried here, and I think it has to do with not only the fact that it's this year, but also with last year. Um, I remember us discussing Bo Bichette versus Lindor in some chats this offseason in redraft and dynasty leagues. And um, some guys were really surprised to hear that I would take Bo over Lindor in dynasty for sure and even in redraft leagues. And, uh, man, those two players have continued to go in the opposite directions here. Um, It's not even close at this point. No, no. So... Yeah, I'm starting to be concerned here. And I, you know, I've talked to some Met fans who, who, because there was somebody who was talking to me about a Lindor dynasty trade yesterday. And he's a Mets fan. And he was telling me, um, the, I, he believes there's something to these big hitters going to the Mets and then di- disappointing. I don't, I mean, sometimes you may say you're a little too close to a situation to feel that way. But man, between, um, Lindor and Cano, it's it's not been great with those two, as and then the most recent ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really know what to make of all this with Lindor. He's been so terrible. I have, I have two shares of him, and they're both dynasty. I wasn't really targeting him. In redraft i mean i just i was taking pitchers there taking mm-hmm. other guys i guess but just didn't get him in redraft and um definitely a guy i've always loved i mean always been a fan of him still am um but yeah a lot of the bad at ball data is concerning and it's you know it's kind of a chunk here at the 38 games start of the year yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I have eyebrow raised too. I mean, it's but I but I do think, you know, like if we get to a point here midsummer and he's 
kind of back to what he was. It, it's not like going to surprise me or anything, but I think that you just kind of, I was saying to somebody the other day, we were talking about um, Lindor a little bit and I was, I was like, he's, he's peaked. I mean, I think he's peaked. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that his value, you know, he was going five, six overall in drafts, not this year, but he has before. And um, I just, I don't think we're going to ever see that again. I mean, I'd be very surprised if we did. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like you can still be a second, third, fourth, fifth round hitter, wherever he wherever he ends up going and, and be fine. Like it's not, yeah. Or Nolan Arenado or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like it's, it's, it's not that he's not a good player. I I still definitely think that he is. And I, I think he'll bounce back some from where he's at, but um, his value as a whole, like in a dynasty landscape has peaked. I think, I mean, I, I just don't see it getting back to what it was. I, and a lot of that too, I guess part of my reasoning for saying that is I don't think that he has enough power to make up for the speed declining in Mm -hmm. like the coming years. You know, it's when the speed falls off, you kind of have to have, you know, he's still 70th percentile sprint speed. So that's still pretty good. But when that falls off, as you get into your late 20s, Twenties and thirty-ish, typically, um, you kind of have to have that power to fall back on, and I don't. I just don't really know if he has enough of it to really make that impact you need in fantasy. At least, you know, it's like different level type thing with him that I think we'll just have to get used to. I mean, it just. I don't really know if he's going to be a first-round player ever again. So. I think there are some that would hear you say that last part about the power and and they're going to think he hit 33, 38, and 32 home runs between 2017 and 2019. Right. But, you know, Lindor's not a big guy. And I do think that there's truth to that with these smaller guys who just have these insane bat speed at, at that make up for it. And I agree. I mean, with like, you. yeah, do you, I mean, like, 33, 38, 32, those three years, but is anyone projecting him for that now? Uh, I think some you know? did. I think some going into this season projected 30 home runs. Well, I mean, I'm saying, I mean, I guess I'm saying going forward. Yeah. Do you do you feel good no. about that? I mean, I, I don't really see that. I mean, if he does it, great. I mean, but yeah, I just, I don't really see it. And I, and like I said, I think it's just a new level that, we'll have to get used to with him as he goes into his late twenties. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can still be a really productive player and not be, you know, what you once were. So probably just kind of where we're at. The last thing I'm going to say on this is uh, something else coming back to something else you said at the beginning where you wouldn't be surprised if he got hot and the numbers look a lot better by the end of the year. And I agree. But uh, the one thing I'll say is if you if I had a dynasty share and that happened, I would be trying like crazy to move him this offseason because I just do. I agree it's going to keep going back and I would I would hold right now. I'm not I'm not going out there suggesting to sell unless somebody else is actually thinking 
that they're getting too good of a like they're thinking yeah i think it kind of depends on who you talk to yeah there are people that probably believe that this is just a mirage and he's still a superstar yeah right i mean with you know i would say that with almost any trade but i do think that specifically in this case you know we're so used to lindor being a superstar Mm -hmm. and um you know maybe he still is that but depending on who you talk to i think that your the interest in lindor could be kind of all over the map if that makes any sense like mm-hmm. somebody might think oh yeah he's totally fine this is just a quarter of a season and he's going to be great and then there may be somebody else in the same league that's like i want nothing to do with that guy you know and i don't know you know, time will tell which one's right. I mean, it probably is somewhere in between. But, um, yeah, I think it just depends a lot on who you talk to. I I honestly believe he's a lot like what he was last year. And last year, he hit two fifty eight with eight home runs and six stolen bases in 60 games. That's a guy who yeah. extrapolates. That's a um, twenty home, t- low 20s home runs mid-teen steals and i don't think he's far from any of those stats it's just yeah. those stats are not a superstar anymore okay who's your number five yeah, i'm mostly with you on that i hate saying it because i love him but yeah he, i mean yeah he's been one he's been your he's favorite a, player he's just a fun guy i mean i just like him so i just think he's good for baseball but um so my fifth one i kind of struggled with and I just have a little bit of an eyebrow raised with Jack Flaherty. Hmm. And it's not anything, you know, like I still think he's really good pitcher. um, But I just don't think that I would draft him where I drafted him in the off season. I got, I drafted him in a couple leagues, you know, late round two, early round three. And I'm just not like, there's just a few things swinging strike rates down, uh, from 14 to 11%. Um, the contact rates against him are up. The chase rates are down expected ERAs for four Oh nine. And the whiff rate on his fastball has gone from 24% to 17%. Um, a lot of blue in his stat cast page. Uh, you know, I still think he's a really good pitcher and honestly, like he's a type of guy that can go on a run and I'll be like, yeah, he's fine. Like it's, this one could correct probably quicker than any of these other ones to me. But I also just don't think that if I was sitting there late round two, early round three right now that I would take Jack Flaherty there. I just don't think I would be comfortable with it. So I put him here, but um, yeah, I mean, I obviously I still think he's a really good pitcher, just things to keep an eye on. I feel like if you take away the second half of 2019, um, that's what he's been is a good pitcher, really good pitcher. I honestly, I think I've been more in this place. What you, this whole time 
than with what you said you, you were with him. I've I've yet to take him in a redraft league whenever he's been like the last two years where he's been going the second yeah, round that's, pitcher. That's another thing I should have just mentioned real quick is he was rough last year too. Yep. It's not just this year. And I know last year the Cardinals had all those issues. Yes. I gave him a yeah, pass for like, last year. Yeah, yeah. But now when you combine it, you know, like sometimes with some of these guys we're getting enough of a sample now where you can kind of combine last year and what we've seen this year, and it gives you, you know, obviously just a bigger chunk. But yeah, I just, I just think there's a few red flags that aren't that aren't like overwhelming to where I'm like, no, just forget about it. But it's just things to keep an eye on. I feel like I got a fun him or him game here for you. I won't rank these three rest of season. Flaherty. Burns, Glass now, and you know that they're going to have innings limits the rest of the way. The other two, Flaherty would Flaherty would be last easily. Yeah, and yeah, I would take. Um, yeah, like I said, Glass now, Burns. I. That doesn't matter. Whatever. Actually, that's yeah. that's okay. You don't have to go with those two. Really, but, I just want to see if he'd yeah, be first or have, third. I would have Flaherty third. Yeah, and that's interesting because you know Flaherty should throw. 30, 40 more innings than the other two. So that's where I was curious to get your thoughts there. Yeah, but that those K rates, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's going to throw more strikeouts than Burns. Like you said, I mean, why did we ever think, or not just we, like me and you, but anybody, that these inning limits, I mean, if they throw 150, they, they might have 200-plus strikeouts. Yeah. It's just bonkers. The K rates with those guys. In anybody's defense, at the beginning of this offseason, I mean, Burns had showed it for 50 innings. That's true, yeah. yeah. And that, that, is the, that is the argument against it. He had, right. You know, right. he was incredible last year, but it was only 50 innings. And, yeah. And yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on to my number five, and it's Randy Arozarena. Um, I was intrigued by him this offseason between the end of the shortened season and then the explosion in the playoffs, I thought we might be seeing the beginning of a star. And it's funny because when I decided he was going to be on this list for me the other day, it was just before he had a great last few days. As of Wednesday, when I pulled his stats, he had a two fifty seven batting average with four home runs and four steals, which is fine with 23 runs and 16 RBI. And now, just a few days later, that is a two seventy eight batting average with seven home runs and four steals with 28 runs and 24 RBI, which that's pretty solid. But the expected batting average is much lower, though, at two oh seven. He is still striking out a lot, has a low percentage on the barrel of barrels. He's still showing good exit velocities when making contact, but it isn't happening often, often enough. And I remember hearing people say in this offseason that the book was he was not crushing he was crushing fastballs but struggling with off-speed pitches and I get, looked into that a little bit the last few days and that's not changed at all. He has a 370 batting average with a 562 slug versus fastballs and he's hitting 143 versus breaking pitches with a 188 slug and then against off-speed 241 with a 276 slug. And on top of all that, he's putting way too many pitches on the ground. Uh, I should say he's hitting, p- 
putting way too many balls in play on the ground. 54% ground ball rate in the early going. Unless Randy starts hitting the breaking pitches better and also elevating more fastballs, I think his value is going to continue trending down. I'm honestly surprised he isn't seeing more off-speed pitches this year. He saw 53% fastballs last year, and that number's at 51.9 so far this year. But I expect that number to continue to rise. With the hot week he's had, I think this might be a good time to uh, to to move him. Any thoughts here? I just noticed this with him. Seven home runs this year. Mm-hmm. All seven on fastballs. Mm, I'm not a yeah. I'm not at all. Surprised. Last last year. Seven home runs, all seven of them on fastballs. And that's, I believe, just regular season. Why would you throw that guy a fastball when you see those numbers? It's it's actually, um, yeah, that's interesting. And, yeah, the numbers against breaking pitches are atrocious. Horrible. I mean, most guys hit better, on obviously, on fastballs, but it's just – it is pretty uh, pretty drastic. So, yeah, I am. Uh, you know, a Rosarena was one of those guys in the off season. I didn't like. I understood it, but I didn't draft him. Yeah, it was, I, I it was felt weird. Like you were in between on him. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of in between because I I kind of understood it because you know you're looking at it's like. There's only so many guys with that power speed combo that everyone covets and he has that. I mean like it that was the intriguing part of you know drafting him and stuff and that part was pulling me one way and then the other part was kind of like well I mean this guy just he went on a run in the playoffs and all you know all that stuff that we all know but um yeah, I was kind of in between. I just never could like quite bring myself to do it with him. And I don't know. I, I think I feel like I'm still kind of where I was. Like I see both sides of it definitely. So I guess if you were more in, which you probably were, then maybe that's why you're um reacting yes. a little bit more to it than me, you know. Like that was the thing that I was keeping in mind when we did these names is where was I at? I mean, obviously changed your mind. So it's like, where were you at coming into the year? Like there was a couple of guys I wanted to talk about, but I was like, well, I didn't really change my mind in that guy. Cause yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't like him coming into the year, you know, or if, if he's been bad or, or I did like him and he's been good or whatever, you know? So then there's the guys that I'm stubborn on and I just won't, <laughs> I won't admit I'm wrong yet. <laughs> Maybe nope. we should. Maybe we should do this again in like July or something. That pro- that's a good idea. Let's. I hopefully I can remember that because honestly, that would be a good thing to go back to. Is who yeah, we- or something, or at least something similar, you know? Because I I will definitely react more, um, like around the All Star break, or you know, maybe sooner. But you don't want to do another show the no. same in like a few weeks. But um, I'll admit there are some guys as I went through to think of names for this that i was like no i'm not giving up on him yet or Mm -hmm. yeah like he's hot but we'll see if it continues just different stuff you know so um yeah i think there might even be or there will be more to 
react to in month, two months, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I put this out for the Facebook group and I'm just going to read off a couple players that they said were there. They, they've changed their minds most on, um, we got John Dean who mentioned Lance McCullers, solid number two instead of a three or four. Also Mark Melanson thought those were interesting. Uh, Jer- yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's McC- been he's been um, Melanson's got what sixteen saves or something. He got another one tonight. I know that. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's he's le- he's got to be leading the league, right? He's up there. I mean, I think Jake McGee was there, but I know he's not getting as many. I don't even know if he's closing right now for the Giants. I know Rogers Tyler, is... Tyler Rogers was getting. Yeah, he's been getting some a lot of them. Of I think they're they've kind of been mixing and matching a little bit, but. When you win every single day like the Giants do, you do need to mix and match. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeremy Gibbs mentioned Otani, who we've talked about, to Nelson Lamette, uh, Vlad Jr. Uh, do, you, do you want a moment or just <laughs> – Yeah, see, that's the thing is I, it, a lot of people are going to say they changed their mind on Vlad Jr., but – We know you're I not. I mean, we <laughs> – how <laughs> when you, you know he was great from the beginning, you just – you never changed your mind, you know? That's right. I think I've actually the one league I have him, I think is that Kings League also where I was talking about having Posey and Zunino. I'm not leaving yeah, that I've, league anymore right now. I'll though. I'll be I'll admit I didn't draft him in redraft really. But it was more to do with the position, but Ross I'm not like I'm truly not surprised nope. that he's doing this. I mean, just not. Dustin Ho went three for three for picking guys that we picked with Corbin Burns, Rose Arena, and Josh Bell. So he, oh we've, wow, we've already discussed all those. Uh, Lou Landers mentioned Gio Urshela and Joe Musgrove. I gotta say, Urshela, I have not paid any attention to, so I have no idea what he's doing. I'm pulling him right now. What has he been doing so he's far? Playing pretty good, I think. I'm assuming I don't, that is the case. I don't have him on any teams, but Musgrove actually was one I almost, mm-hmm. I almost put on my list. But you yeah, kind of liked thinking, him before the year too. I was definitely thinking about, yeah. So so, I I don't have him really too much. I think maybe just one team, but so. And then Chris Winders mentioned Trevor Rogers. That was a guy who was real trendy yeah. in spring training. Trevor Rogers was actually one that I almost put to, and I felt like he was so obvious that I just didn't like another one that's really really obvious, and we beat it into the ground is Luis Castillo. I mean, I easily could have put him on here too. I mean, he's been terrible. I have him all over the place. You know, it's easy for me to just be like changing my mind on him. But I'm also it's one of those guys that's kind of a classic example of I felt so good about him coming into the year. I'm just I'm just not giving up yet. I agree. I'm, I'm going all the way down with the ship, I guess. But I feel like better days are ahead and I just didn't put him here. But that said, I mean, I could have put him here, too. I yep. mean, it is it is like alarming, and some of this stuff is just kind of weird. But um, I I more wanted to put names that we've talked about less than him because I know we've brought him up plenty. Yes, and I'm completely with you on that. I'm not I'm not really changing my opinion on him much. It's just been a rough go, but I would go out and buy him in leagues. I still would. Yeah. If if the opportunity is there to buy cheap, buy him at less than value at less than season's value, and you. Obviously, you should be able to do that just about anywhere. I would still recommend it. Yeah. 
And we had one Facebook question. I'm trying to move through this. We've been going for a little while here, but Brent Carswell asked a good question about Max Kepler, um, asked if we could discuss him. He was Brent's fourth outfielder in a 12-team dynasty to start the season. However, with a bunch of injuries, he's been in his lineup nearly every day. And now Brent's questioning if he's better than just playing a streamer out outfield. He plays three outfielders, and it's a daily league. So I did some digging here because I figured I didn't want to drop this one on you without have any real um, up any preparation. And I don't own Kepler anywhere this year, so I hadn't followed him as closely either. But did some digging, and right now he's hitting 204 with a 303 OBP on base percentage. I'll just make sure I say that clearly. With four home runs and five steals in 32 games. With 17 runs and 19 RBI. And right off, I'll say that's that was that I honestly think that's pretty decent, even in a league where you're playing three outfielders, especially with injuries as a as a backup slash playing them every day. That's pacing for close to a hundred runs and RBIs if you extrapolate that over a full season. But um seeing the current stats, I wondered if he had a couple big games since Brent asked this question the other day, and he's had some good days, but no home runs or steals in that stretch. So the two the two oh two batting average is like the the ugly part of this that's hard to swallow. And that I will add, he's never been a like he's not a big batting average guy. So I'm not expecting like a three hundred hitter. He hits a lot of fly balls. But looking at baseball savant, he looks like the same guy he looked like two years ago in twenty nineteen when he hit two fifty two with thirty six home runs. I mean, everything looks fine, and he looks like he just hasn't hit as many home runs out this year. His home run to fly ball rate this year so far is 9.5%, which is half of what it was in 2019 at 18%, and even 50% less than what it was last year at 14.5%. So I would preach patience. I would not be cutting him to go stream guys. I think he's a fine number four slash guy that you're plugging in and getting I mean if you I would try cutting somebody else if you're looking to get another person to stream in there but I would buy in on Kepler like it I it's making me wonder if I should go look, look into him a little bit because I expect more power and batting average to come and hey he's stolen five bases already too so yeah hold what, steady that was what I meant to ask what was the exact question um, he was saying that with injuries, he's playing him every day right now. And he's wondering if he should be looking to get streamers like streamers and it's a 12 teamer. Uh, let's see. I think he said 12 teamer. Yes. I guess 12 team dynasty. Does it say how many outfielders? Yes. Three outfielders start? and he's his fourth outfielder, but because of a few injuries, he's playing him every day right now as basically a third outfielder. Yeah. So 36 outfielders start. I don't, I I think he's dicey in that spot, but yeah, I mean, I think that, um, better days are probably ahead Two eighteen Babip and the, Mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, you know, like not chasing 89th percentile there walking a lot, not striking out a lot. Yeah. There's definitely good things. Good at pretty good exit velocities and stuff, Mm -hmm. but um. Yeah, just twelve team three outfielder. I mean, I think he's marginal there. So it would kind of depend on. I'd be curious to know like what the 
yeah. what the waiver waiver wire guys are. You know, I mean, I it's a lot. Di- about that's streaming. a lot different than a fifteen-team five outfielder league. For I sure. mean, in that in that type of league, any outfielder that is getting regular playing time is worth is is worth a good bit. You know, like I just, in a fifteen-team five outfielder, I just cut Jason Hayward, and I mean, he's significantly worse than Max, Max Kepler, but. Like that's the type of guy that, um, I mean, when somebody will probably pick him up just because mm-hmm. he's he plays every day, you know, and like that those types are valuable. But twelve team three outfielder, I think it's just you kind of have to be a little uh, a little more nitpicky with it. But with injuries and stuff, I mean, I definitely think he's okay to use. I just would be curious what the other options are. Yeah, and who the other options are to cut to try to get a hot hot guy is what I'd also right. wonder. With injuries, you would think you've got some open slots unless you, you probably are... can play the hot hand, maybe even on something like that. I mean, where you know what I wonder? I like, wonder if he doesn't you know... have many IL slots, and so he like in my head, I'm like, well, if there's an outfielder on the injured list, you've got an extra roster spot to play with. But maybe he doesn't have many IL slots and has some of those guys on his bench, and that makes it harder. And to that. My first thing I would say is talk to your commissioner and get more IL slots. With how many players on the injured list, it drives me nuts playing in leagues where you're full on IL slots and have to actually put those guys on the bench. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. No, yeah, that's it makes it tough for sure. I take it he probably didn't pick up a Dallas Garcia. Oh my god. <laughs> what is Holy going on smoly. with what is going on with this dude? I mean, it is just it's getting it's getting pretty intense. So I tell you. You do know that he was a cardinal intense. a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is now two years in a row where some cardinal who they've traded away has turned into the world beater. So um let's see, who else have we traded the he's last one few home, years? he's one home run off the major league lead. And he played his first. Oh, I guess it was mid-April. I thought it was later than that. I was going to say his first game of the year was April thirteenth. So it was two weeks into the season, which is still a chunk considering considering where we're at in the season. So, yeah, he just keeps. Yeah, it's mind it's mind-boggling. I can't believe. Um, what he's doing. I still don't believe in him. Yeah, neither of us a, added him to our changed our mind. <laughs> right, right. Which yeah. And he's actually, I mean, well, actually, I have changed my mind on him because I my mind had never even thought yes. about him. And know? I specifically so, didn't pick anybody like that for that reason. I didn't want right. to pick some irrelevant guy that nobody even thought about. Like Correct. you're in Mercedes. I didn't. Yes. He, he doesn't count. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that's the same. Because obviously, no matter what you think of Adalas Garcia, and I am on the side pretty much that I don't believe, but his stock has still gone way, way up, obviously. Yep. so For sure. Yeah, good for anybody that got him. I, I don't have him anywhere. So I grabbed him. But in, it's crazy to see what he's doing. I grabbed him in the Dynasty League where I took over a team and have completely like set it to rebuild. And he's still sitting in my minor leagues just because I don't want to throw him in a major league slot right now when I'm not competing. But I probably need to, it's about time I need to start letting it known that, you know, hey, this guy's available. 
Yeah, I'd be <laughs> I'd be interested. Yeah. yeah. It I feel like that the offers could be all over the map. Um you know, like almost like we were saying with Lindor, obviously two way different situations, but um God, if you've got a believer on your hands, then I feel like you can get a ton. But you know, there's some people that would just laugh too. So and I can't think of a more perfect segue right there than to go into what we're talking about next week, which is going to be a p- episode that Andrew and I look forward to. This is our third, or let's see, we did one in July. We did one in October. I think we did one before the season. I'm not sure if we did. But either way, I'm trying to do these quarterly. It's time for our an- um, quarterly Dynasty trading episode. Where Andrew and I were, as soon as we finish and sometime in the next day, I'm going to post on the Baseball 365 group and ask people to let us know trades you've made in your dynasty leagues over the course of this last month as we're getting near the quarter, third way point of the season. And Andrew and I are going to talk about some trades and we're going to talk about trade strategies and everything. And, you know, it's completely dynasty trading all focused on that next episode. And we're both looking forward to that. Right, Andrew? Yep. Yeah. That'll be fun. Hopefully we don't make too many people mad. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I, we always, I always worry about that. Like, post post your dynasty trades. And then, <laughs> and then we go on and like, what the hell was he thinking? <laughs> I think there's one guy so, um, in w- the other dynasty league I'm in, the Baseball 365 Daily Dynasty League, who's mentioned that I have pretty much, we've been on the other side of his trades he's posted just about every yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah, that is part of it. You you are up to you. You have a chance of us saying we don't like your trade. We'll be nice about it, but yeah, yeah. that that is definitely out there. So until next time, and can't wait for it. Take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 